What is up? Welcome back to episode 21 of the Wizards podcast. I'm your host, Greg Finberg. And today we got a bit of a, you know, more relaxed episode, not talking too much about basketball, you know, not talking too much about the games, kind of taking a step back and, and assessing what we've seen from the Wizards this season on a player perspective in terms of how good has each individual performed, you know, compared to the expectations they had entering this season. Going to take you through a bunch of guys, um, everyone on the roster pretty much. I'll also give my take on Brian Keefe thus far in his tenure. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna talk about guys that were on the team and, and were traded or left. So you know, I'm not gonna talk about Gallo, Muscala, Gafford, or or Delon. You know, I feel like we know what they were, and, and they're they're no longer on the team. So I feel like you guys probably wouldn't be too interested in what I have to think about players on the Mavericks now and the Heat. Um, so I'm just gonna gonna talk about the guys on the team. Give my take. I'm gonna go in order because I feel like certain guys deserve to be talked about first. Um, you know, I'm not just going to go by the top guys or the starters or by salary. I'm going to go by grade. I'm going to go best to worst because, you know, I, mean, I like to be positive first before anything. Um, That's kind of what you have to do if you're still a fan of this team at this point. So we're going to start at the top. Uh, I think, you know, you all know where I'm probably going here. The only person to grade this high, the only person um to receive an A, and that's Denny Avdia. Look, we asked Denny in the offseason to – improve his outside shooting. He did that. He's shooting 40% from three this year. 40%. Just I'm going I'm to let that sit in for a second. Denny Avdia, who everyone called not only a bust at points, but someone who is never going to find that shot, is shooting 40% from three. You asked him to improve his finishing at the rim. He's done just that. At a, at a great rate as well, because it's not just finishing when he's supposed to. He's making some tough finishes through contact, getting a ton of and ones. When he goes to the rim, he just puts his body into the guy instead of fading away. He uses his 6'8 frame, his his strength at the rim. You asked him to improve that finishing. He did that. You asked him to improve his playmaking. He's improved his assist this season. There's times where he's played the point and the offense has run very smoothly. There are so many phases of his game that everyone has said, look, you need to do that, and I don't think you're going to. And he got paid, and he did just that. And that's why that contract looks so nice. The only two issues that I feel like are preventing him from that getting that A-plus, there are some turnover issues, and it's not every game. There's some games where Denny has, like, seven assists and one turnover, but then there's games where he's got five assists, but he's got four or five turnovers. So I think he's got to improve that, and that'll come. He's not... He's not, you know, getting paid to play point guard. But at, at times, you know, there's going to be, you know, Denny Avdia bringing the ball up. He's got to play make for his teammates. Um, you know, I think to take that next step, he's got him, you know, narrow those turnovers a bit. And then the final thing is just developing that left hand. Um, he likes to go to his right way too much. And, and at times it's to his detriment because he forces it when there's not really much there, when the defense is... Pushing him that way and the help's coming and, and that's where the turnovers and the missed shots result. So if he develops that left hand and, and he turns those turnovers down, the sky's the sky's the absolute limit. This guy's making less than fifteen million dollars for the final three years of this deal. It's an unbelievable contract. If he gets those two things down, he I don't even I don't even want to begin to talk about how how much he could take this team to the next level. So Denny Avdia. Highest graded play on the team so far at an A flat. The next guy I want to talk about was very close to getting an A, but 
but I feel like there are a, a bit of inconsistencies in his game in terms of not being able to get to that that level, and that's Corey Kispert. I literally had him as an A, but I think there's times where, you know, obviously most games you'll get like double-digit points from Corey off the bench, and him coming off the bench you also have to consider, you know, not as many minutes. But there are slight inconsistencies at times. You know, there's games where he shoots one for seven, one for nine, oh of six from three, gets two points. And and I think if you take those inconsistencies out, he would be unbelievable. What I want to talk about most with Corey is the ability to put the ball on the deck. Look, this is a guy who coming out of the draft was touted as a, only a sharpshooter, no athleticism, can't put the ball on the floor, bad defender. The epitome of, you know, a white dude that can shoot and nothing else. But he's done so much more for the Wizards this season. He's shooting, I think, nearly 70% on two-pointers in February, which is an unbelievable number. I think he's shooting close to 36 37% from three. So you want to see that number improve, and that's why he's not graded as high because I think he should be shooting above 40% from three. That's just, you know, what I expect from Corey, and I have high expectations from him. Uh, but I think he should be shooting a bit better from three, and that's probably why he's knocked down from an A to an A minus. But you know, obviously, best cutter on the team. You know, one of if not the best shooter, pure like form wise, um, on the team. Um, I just you know the inconsistency at times, the the three point percentage not being as high as I'd like it to be, um, is is just why he's not as high as as some might think in that A to A plus range. The defense can obviously improve, but I feel like he's gotten better. He's not a liability anymore, and you're never going to expect Corey to be a lockdown defender. You just need him to hold his own, and he's doing that. So I can't knock him on anything defensively. Just get the 3-4 percentage up, and, and, and he can go up in terms of grade. But an A-minus is where I have Corey sitting uh, right now. Next up, um, exact same ranking, Tyus Jones. Some it's weird because some people are gonna think an A minus for Tyus Jones is way too high, and some are gonna think that an A minus for Tyus is a little low. I can't win in this case, but I think an A minus is the perfect middle ground. Look, yes, he's undersized at, at just six foot. He's not the best defender, and I don't I don't think he's a terrible defender. Let me say that I don't think he's a terrible defender. The size prohibits him, and the fact that he's not you know, world-class defender, he's going to get exploited. They're going to try to work mismatches. And, and you know, that's, that's what you got to live with. If you're starting a six foot guard, um, against a lot of teams that sometimes have bigger, you know, lineups, bigger guards, they're going to exploit that. Uh, but look, he's been a floor general all season leads the NBA. I think this will be the fourth straight year that he leads the league and assists a turnover ratio. I can, I can't tell you how many times Tyus Jones had like 15 points, 13 assists, zero or one turnovers this year and nobody talks about it nobody wants to bring up the fact that he's been arguably the most consistent wizard this season i don't i think i can count on one hand how many games he's missed if if even i don't even think he's missed a game if i'm being honest uh maybe i'm wrong but he's been super consistent in terms of staying in the lineup not turning it over finding his teammates controlling the flow of the game controlling the pace and the offense um, and he knocks down threes as well. I didn't think he was this good of a shooter, but he's he's shooting close to 40% from three. So all of these things combined, it, it's been a great season for Tyus. And look, I'm not going to lie. I thought he'd be gone by the deadline. He was my lock to be gone by the deadline. But 
the Wizards decided to hold on to him. And and the only reason I can think that they do that with him being expiring is they 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 view him as a an integral part of, of this team's future. He's just 28, so he's not too old. Uh, but look, if he gets resigned in the offseason, good. If it's a if it's a reasonable number, of course. Uh, but he's been great this year. I think an A minus is a good grade, a good middle ground for him. You know, factoring in, you know, not as great defensively, but arguably the most consistent wizard on offense all season. Moving on, those are the only people within the A A minus category. Now, B plus here. There's only one guy, and again, it's tough to grade this guy because he's he's only been here for so long, but it's Marvin Bagley. Look, it's a small sample size, and I get that, but it's an impressive sample size at that. He rebounds the ball very well, offensively especially. I think the game before the All-Star break against New Orleans, he had four offensive rebounds in the first quarter, six total in the game. You know, he's just come in here and and before the injury, and he's done a little bit after that injury, he's he's taken over. He's really improved the front court. And it sucks now that we don't have Gafford because he's now where Gafford was, on an island with no other big to really help him. And hopefully Rashawn Holmes can do that. But I think Bagley I think Bagley's been exactly what the Wizards hope for. He's only twenty-four. He is under contract for 12 mil next year that I, you know, it's a t- I think it's a player option he'll pick up or something like that. Uh, but it'll be on the books for 12 mil. And, and I'm not mad at that. I think I think where he can improve is, you know, he can be a little more physical in the paint. I feel like sometimes he gets body down low, um, you know, doesn't do as well on defensive on the defensive glass. I feel like he should because he does great on offense. I think it's just, you know, he's got a good quick second jump um, and he's got a good motor as well. But I think he could be a little more physical in the paint. And I think if he adds that outside jumper or even a mid-range jumper consistently, it would open up the floor because he's a smaller, slender build. So it would it would be to the benefit of the team if he could bring his defender out of the paint and and really, you know, work, you know, multiple phases of the game. Because I don't his back down game is okay, but you know, I'd prefer to, you know, have him be a little bit more versatile. And the shot is there sometimes. You know, you can tell he works on it. The form's not bad. It's just he needs to be more consistent with that elbow jumper. Um, I don't like him taking threes. You know, maybe if he can put that in his game. I know he's knocked down a couple. But I think adding a, a mid-range jumper and being a little bit more physical in terms of the pain defensive glass, I think that would go a long way in his improvement. But look. A B plus for a guy that you you acquired for Gallinari and and Muscala, basically you know a bag of rocks. Um, I'll take it, I'll take it. Um, and I want to preface, I'm not going to grade uh, Rashawn Holmes. Just there's two game sample size. I, I I mean I've liked what I've seen so far. Good motor, um, you know, impressive rebounder. But I don't I don't feel like I can you know justly grade grade Rashawn Holmes just yet. Uh, moving on. That brings us to to the B grade. And there's there's uh two people that have given flat Bs. It's Landry Shamit and it's Bilal Kulabali. I'm gonna talk about Bilal first, then I'll go into Shamit. Look, it is a bit harsh for me to give Bilal a B because I think he's exceeded expectations. I think he's done I think a lot of Wizards fans thought he'd be like a Giannis type project, which he is. It's gonna take a while, but I don't think people expected him to be this good. Um, you know, this early. And, and it's not like he's, you know, set the world on fire by any means. 
But nobody thought he could shoot as well as he has. Nobody thought he could put the ball on the floor and, and finish through contact like he has. Everyone knew the defense was there, and that's something that's been solid all season. But the the offensive output has been surprisingly good. The reason the reason I have a B, and I feel like I have to exp- I have to you know really explain this because a lot of people are going to think this is too harsh. There's there's just so much more room for Bilal to grow that I can't I don't think I can give him anything higher than a B. He can get so much better, and I I think he could be a lot better than he has been. Um, lately, the shot has not looked good. I think you know he's probably shooting below twenty percent from three over his last like five six games. Even from the floor, probably shooting sub thirty percent. Don't get me wrong. I I like the volume of shots he's taking. He could take twenty shots, make three, and I wouldn't give a fuck because it's it's our rookie, and I and I want him to play, and I want him to be aggressive, and I want him to shoot. But I think he can be a lot a lot more consistent and a, and a lot better overall. Even defensively, I think he can be better. So this is more of a potential grade than it is a you know this season specifically grade. Um which is a bit different from how I've been grading a lot of people, but I feel like I have to grade Bilal different because I know he can be so good that me giving him an A- minus right now, I don't think would do would do that justice. So I'm gonna I'm sitting here with with a B right now for for Bilal and, and look that could improve and I, it's going to improve. He's gonna get so much better. But I think you know the fact that he's kind of hit a rookie wall in these last couple of games before the All-Star break, you know, struggling really in terms of, you know, making that that deep three, making shots around the rim. Um, I think that's probably a reason why I have him at a B. But, you know, he's got the all-star break, about eight to ten days to just chill. And and I think he'll come back out of the all-star break in a, in a bigger role with the lawn gone now and absolutely take off. So I'm excited to see that. The next guy, like I mentioned, is Shamit, who also I've given a B. I think apart, apart from Corey Kispert, Landry Shamit has been the most impressive player off the bench, and I don't think anybody can argue that. There's games where he's been the reason we've stayed alive and made comebacks to 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 win some road games. It was that early season game in Detroit where he was unreal, had that poster dunk, just was superb all night. And then the game at Detroit, he was very good as well when we picked up that win. He's been a solid perimeter defender, a solid on-ball defender, a much better defender than I, I originally thought he was. Um, and, and look, that three point shot, honestly, that hasn't even been his biggest weapon. I feel like putting the ball on the deck, um, has been something I didn't expect from him, but it, it's something that he's been pretty good at similar to Kispert. The only, the only issue, and this is a, also pretty similar to Corey is, is the inconsistent scoring sometimes disappears during games. Don't even realize he's there. And I, I don't know if that's matchup dependent, the way they're defending him, chasing him off the three point line, but. I think he can be a little more consistent in, in the way that he impacts the game. Um, but look, I, I can't complain. This is a guy that was a throw-in salary filler to make the you know Bradley Beal trade work. A guy that I thought we would trade at the deadline but didn't. And he's also a guy that's under contract for next season. It's a team option. We could pick it up if we want. I think it's only, I think, $12 million. It's not a lot. For a team that has unlimited salary cap because nobody is really getting paid, they could pick it up easily. He's only 26. So this is a guy that I don't mind keeping next year. And a guy that I think has, has shown that he can be you know, a good contributor off this off the bench. So I, I'm, I've been pretty impressed with, with Shamit. So I've given him a B, similar to Bilal. And moving on, I'm sure a lot of people are like, where's Kuz? You're getting down you know, pretty far. 
I got him at a B minus. Again, I could totally understand that some people think this is a little too low. And, and I'm sure a lot of people, because I, I know a lot of people aren't as high on Kuz as, as most, think this is way too high. They probably have him in the C's or D's. I think this is a good middle ground. And here's why. Does Kuzma score? Yes. Does he do it efficiently? Sometimes. But there's a lot of times where it's inefficient. There's a lot of times where it's, it's you know, empty stats. And, and I don't think he's necessarily impacting the game, even though he might have scored 27 points. I feel like he didn't impact the game. I didn't feel like he didn't, you know, benefit his team or teammates the way that he should have as the number one option. And that's why, that's why I have him so low. I think poor late game execution, poor late game shot selection from him. I mean, there was the game in Toronto where he steps out of bounds at the end, not knowing where he is. There was the game against Charlotte where we completely collapsed. And then he decided to take a three with four seconds left from the logo down three, instead of, you know, working it, getting a better shot, going for a quick two. There's been so many times where Kuz has taken a horrible, horrible shot late in the game. Um, and as a number one option, as a guy that I'm sure wants to have his own team at some point, I think it's the reason he's still in Washington, you got to be better. And I think he's a clutch player. You saw the, he had the nickname Clutch Kuz after one year in D.C. But that came from, you know, playing within the game and, and not forcing that shot at the end. And I think, you know, as 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 the number one option, you got to be able to step up and make it. You got to get to your spot. And he hasn't been able to do that. I think at times he can turn into a chucker, you know, someone who's just throwing up shots, you know, taking step back threes instead of working in the offense, you know, kind of thinking, you know, I, I got to get mine now. I think that's kind of been to his detriment and to the team's detriment. Uh, but I do want, I don't want to just be negative. I want to talk about the positives. There are games where he's been phenomenal. He scored 30 plus. He's averaging obviously 20 plus points per game. Um, you know, there are games where he's very efficient as well, and, and he's a good three-point shooter. I just think, you know, we need more consistency in terms of that efficiency. We need better late-game execution. And I'm – this is probably the harshest grade, and I'm going to be the harshest on Kuz because I I genuinely think he's a great player, and I think he could potentially be here long-term as one of our top options. But I think he's kind of getting ahead of himself a little too much in terms of, um, you know – I need the ball in my hands late and nobody else can get a shot. Just think of, I think a good example is LeBron. Obviously, if I am, if I'm the Lakers, I want LeBron taking the last shot. He's the best player on my team. But the, I think LeBron is the perfect example of, I'm going to make the right play. I know you're probably going to double me. Someone's going to be open. I got to trust that teammate to make the play. And I think Kuz has to do that. It's probably tough being that his teammates aren't that great, but I think, you know, that next step in his evolution is making making the extra play, making the, the right play down the stretch. You know, even if it means he's not the guy getting the glory or, or the guy taking the final shot, I think that's the next step in his evolution of being, you know, a leader and being the number one option on this team. Sometimes you're not going to get that shot because they're going to double you and, and defense is going to be, you know, geared towards you. You got to drive and penetrate and you got to make the right play. And I think if he can do that, he would be graded a lot higher. But the poor late game execution, the, the inefficiency at times is why I have Kuz at B minus. I also have Jared Butler as a B minus. And again, this is pretty similar to what I was talking about with, with Bagley. And and what I'll also say about Patrick Bowen Jr., Jared Butler, it's it's the sample size isn't enough. We've seen him in blowouts um against the scrubs of other teams. Um I've seen him in the G League and he's been terrific, but the small sample size makes it pretty hard. 
I think he's been great defensively, but he has to limit the turnovers. There's been games where, you know, he's penetrating and he's getting like six or seven assists, but he's got four or five turnovers. Um, and that's from being a young guard and experienced at, in terms of the NBA level, um, you know, with these coverages and these defensive schemes. But I think if he wants to be a, a true guard, a true point guard in this league, he's got to be a lot smarter with the ball in his hands. Overall, I think he's been great. And I think, you know, again, with the lawn being bought out, he should see a lot more minutes down the down the stretch of this season. So can't be mad at Jared Butler. Then we're moving on to the two guys that we got in the um in the Jordan Pool trade. Uh, I had a grade for Ryan Rollins, but he actually stole it. Crazy enough, so I will I, I will not unfortunately be able to tell you what Ryan Rollins' grade was. He snatched it from me. Um, I was shopping at Target, and, and someone just came up and, and robbed me. So I don't I don't know what you want me to tell you. Um, but I do not have a grade anymore for Ryan Rollins. Um, talking about the other guy that we got in the trade, Patrick Baldwin Jr. I'm giving him a C plus. Um, again, I like a lot of these grades uh, now that I'm realizing it are a little harsh, but I, I think the Rollin or not the Rollins, the Baldwin junior grade is a little harsh just because, um, I think he can be so much better and I think he's been solid in his minutes. And I also want to state that it's unfair because he's played a lot of center instead of power forward. And I think he's a power forward, but the shot. The shot just needs to be so much more consistent for a guy that's not a bruiser and not really going to, you know, put it on the deck and drive, even though I think he should, I think he's got to be a lot more consistent from three. There's you, you, we've seen a lot of guys in this league that are a bit like skinnier, or, you know, not as big at the size that they are. So they kind of got to, you know, bring their big out of the paint, you know, step back to take that jumper. And I think a lot of them can become reliant on that jumper. And when it's not falling, they aren't really contributing. Um, and I think I think Ballin Jr. falls into that category uh, where I don't think he should. Uh, I think he's big enough to put the ball on the deck and, and not rely just on that shot, but it seems like that's his only form of offense is, is that three-point jumper, and he's got nothing else in his bag, and that's why I got him at a C plus. I think he, again, it's like Bilal potential-wise. I, I think he can be so much better, so I'm not really going to move on on the C-plus grade until, number one, I see him in a bigger role, uh, and number two, until you know I see him rely on other aspects of his game instead of just, you know, chalking up threes and, and you know, not not making them at, at nearly as consistent of a clip as I'd prefer. So I got Baldwin Jr. to C plus. Um the only other guy that I have in that category for C is Eugene Omarui, who I have at a C flat. Look, early on in the season he was awesome in, in these blowout games, throwing in the white flag at 12 minutes left in the fourth quarter, and and he's just, you know, going to work. He's an absolute dog. I, I respect the hustle. I respect the grind. You know, he's just trying to, you know, find his role and fit in this league. But when we've seen him in rotation minutes lately, he's just been bullied down low. He fouls too much. He misses some bunnies at the rim, some really easy layups. Um, And I think he's just a, he's a project. He has a, a long ways to go. I think his motor and his energy is going to keep him in this league and, and at least keep him in a two-way spot or with the go-go in some capacity. But I think Eugene has a lot to go in terms of just developing his skill. The motor and the, and the passion and the drive is there, and that's stuff you can't teach. But he's got to develop his, his skill set. That jumper, I don't know why he takes it. It's not there yet. Um, he's got to be a lot more, you know, honestly coordinated. I feel like he's a little, like, all over the place. With his movements, he's often rushing his shot, rushing layups, fumbling the ball. I think he's got to calm down at times and just 
you know, focus on on just, you know, making making the layup, not doing too much. So, you know, I've been impressed with the motor, and I think he's a great guy to have around in terms of, you know, he's always going to give it his all, probably a good locker room guy. But I think he's got a long way to go in terms of his skill development. But yeah, I, I, I can't complain. I think Eugene's been a good addition. Um, that moves me to Anthony Gill, who is the only A+. Um, I've given him an A-plus teammate grade. If any of you play NBA 2K, you know what I'm talking about. Anthony Gill, A-plus teammate. Doesn't even, this is how good of a teammate Anthony Gill is. He doesn't even take a seat on the bench. Anthony Gill is either standing, kneeling, or sitting on the floor. He doesn't take a seat on the bench. That's that's the consummate teammate. Doesn't matter, you know, if it's an equipment guy or a regular player, he's not taking up a seat on the bench. He's just sitting on the floor. He's the first guy off the bench to greet his teammates, no, no matter if they're doing good or doing bad. He's always cheering. Everybody has said, in the, uh, you know, within the Wizards organization, he's the first person to get in, the last person to leave. He's always working hard in practice to better his teammates, to improve himself. So the only A-plus of this entire grading is Anthony Gill coming in with an A-plus teammate grade. Give it up. Give it up for Anthony Gill for that teammate grade. Um, and then, I mean, I was going to talk about Johnny Davis. I have an N-A, not applicable here, um, for a reason, because... As someone who, and this might be me being stubborn, um, and and you can clown me for it all you want, but someone who still has stock in Johnny Davis, a lot of stock in Johnny Davis at that, I can't grade him. I can't justly sit here and say Johnny Davis, Johnny Davis is you know this or that, and it's kind of hypocritical because I don't feel like Patrick Baldwin Jr. has played that much more or less than Johnny Davis. But I feel like Johnny Davis's minutes aren't like real, real minutes. Like he doesn't, he's gotten rotational minutes, but it was like a four minute stint under Wes Unsell Jr. And then he's done the rest of the game. I'm going to, I'm going to hold off on my grade for Johnny when hopefully after the deadline, he kind of steps into a, a hopefully bigger role and, and we'll see. I'll come back to this at the end of the season and then I'll give my final grades for the, for the season. But that's, that's Johnny Davis, not applicable. I can't grade him yet. I just I can't rightly say one thing or the other without without watching him. And I'm sure people are like he's an F, he sucks, you know, he's a bust. I'm gonna hold off on doing that because you never know. Um and then the final grade here, and I saved you know this one for last because I got a lot to say about this. It's the worst grade on the team, and, and I'm sure if you made it this far, you haven't heard this person's name, you know where I'm going here. It's Jordan Poole coming in at a D minus. I was I wanted to give him an F, but I feel like that was just kind of not messed up, but like I feel like an F is harsh. Like that's you have been generationally terrible. And I don't think he's been generationally terrible. I think he's been pretty bad. Don't get me wrong, he's been really, really bad. But he has not been, you know, bad to that extent. I got him at a D minus. Um and and here's why. And coming into the season, a lot of Wizards fans, myself included, thought he'd average 20 to 25 plus points on, you know, decent shooting numbers, good three-point shooting. He's averaging, I think, sub-15, below 15 points this season. Shooting splits are not where they need to be. Uh, just overall, overall not, not good. Um, and especially for a guy that doesn't hang his hat on the defensive end, whether it be in terms of a lack of effort um, or a lack of skill. 
And I don't think it's the lack of effort because I've seen better effort from him the last like month or so under Brian Keefe defensively. But this season has just been an absolute nightmare. These are Jordan Poole's stats for the year. He's, I mean, he started off 52 games he's played, only missed two games. So at least he's, you know, consistent and reliable. But in 30 minutes per game, he's averaging 15.5 points, 2.5 rebounds, 3.5 assists, 1 steal. He's averaging 2 turnovers per game, shooting only 40% from the field, 30.3% from 3. Just, just horrible. Um, And look, if this were like a guy like Bilal averaging these numbers, we would be throwing a parade because it's like, oh, like, yeah, he's going to be great. This is this is not good, but it's it's solid, solid numbers. Bilal's getting paid like five to six million this year. Jordan Poole is making 26. And in a couple of years, he'll be making 30. That's where, I think that's where the frustration and, and the issues mostly lie with Wizards fans. Um, And I saw... I forget which Jordan Poole account. There's a lot of Jordan Poole accounts that um that I follow. They're they're all good follows, but there was one account in particular that was like, "Why is Jordan Poole catching all of this shade when guys like Denny Avdia and Kyle Kuzma, when they have bad games, nobody comments on it? Why is it just Jordan? You know, why is nobody talking about how Bilal Koulibaly went one of nine tonight? Why is no one talking about the fact that Marvin Bagley missed his first nine free throws with the team? And I think. I think I can answer that with one question. It's money, or one answer, it's money. Um, Jordan Poole is making the most on the team, and he's been arguably the most inefficient guy. Um, you know, one of the um, you know, lowest graded defenders on the team. Um, you know, a guy that has not contributed to winning whatsoever. Uh, and I think that's the, the the real frustration is the fact that we're you know this guy's under contract for the next what, three years after this, making 26-plus million a year. Um, and he has been a lot, a lot, a lot worse than Wizards fans wanted and, and that Wizards fans hoped. So I think the money partnered with possibly too high of expectations that he hasn't met yet is a reason for, I'm sure not just Poole's frustration, but for the Wizards fans' frustration as well. Um, and that's why I got him in a D-plus, or sorry, did a D-minus. He... And look, I'm not giving up on Jordan Poole. I still own a lot of Jordan Poole stocks, similar similar to Johnny Davis. But I think it's the fact that the fact that he's making so much money and that he has been really bad this year. You know, it's kind of all culminating into like what the fuck is going on? Like we we can't have this guy making this much money and playing like this if we want to do anything with this rebuild. Um, so that's where I got Jordan Poole. Uh, I graded Brian Keith in my last episode. I gave him an A minus. I think he's been terrific. Um, the you know, the lack of of adjustments coming in out of halftime. Same thing that we said about West. Got to say it about Keith. The third quarters have been terrible for this team. Um, and they continue to be bad. So I think he's got to you know work on that. And the defense has been better, but there are games like the Phoenix game where they give up one forty. Um, and they just you know fall apart on that end. So there are some inconsistencies with Keith, but overall A minus is fine. Um, I'm just going to, you know, to finish it off, recap uh, quickly the grades that I gave to all Wizards players. Denny Avdia, I gave an A. Tyus Jones, A-, minus. Corey Kispert, A-, minus. Marvin Bagley, B+. Plus. Landry Shamit, B. Bilal Koulibaly, B. Kyle Kuzma, B-. minus. Jared Butler, B-. minus. No grade for Ryan Rollins. Patrick Wallen Jr., C+. Plus. Omar Rui, C+. 
Anthony Gill, I gave an A-plus teammate grade. Great teammate. Um, Johnny Davis, not applicable. Didn't want to give him a grade yet. And then Jordan Poole with the lowest grade, which is a D-minus. That's going to that's gonna do it and finish up this episode, grading you know all the Wizards players. Uh, I'm going to post, um, like I do, I'm always going to tweet this out, um, a link to the episode. So if you see this, you know, through the tweet, go you know, circle back to it. I'm going to ask in the tweet, you know, what are your grades for the players? Because I, I, I know my grades, but I, I genuinely want to see how my grades compare to yours. And I, I want to know what you guys have graded, you know, all these Wizards players. I feel like that'll be a fun exercise for us, you know, at the All-Star break with not much going on, no games till Thursday. So, you know, feel free to go to my Twitter, go to the tweet with this podcast link and, and you know, drop your grades for as many players as you want. Doesn't have to be all 13 or 14 like I did. Could literally just be, I think your Jordan Poole grade was terrible and here's why. And and I'm going to I'm gonna enjoy reading stuff like that. So again, you know, this is just my grades and my thoughts on the Wizards, you know, 54 games in the season with uh, I think 22, 28 games left or something like that. So yeah, it's going to do it again. I appreciate all you guys for for listening and I appreciate all the the constant support. The support on the on the pod has been has been really breathtaking the last couple of months. So I appreciate all you guys, you know, listening and sharing and liking it. Um it means a lot to me obviously as someone who just started doing podcasting. So just want to say appreciate all the listeners for that and and that's going to do it for for this episode. Go is